Welcome back to Shred Takes Podcast Show. I'm Mike Shredder. Thank you so much for joining the program here today. And just a few things I wanted to get into just off the bat, right? We're all really excited about the fact that, you know, the NBA season is starting to get a little bit more interesting. And the fact that the Lakers play the Nuggets tonight, which is a huge game for both teams in terms of Western Conference seeding. Um, I would say it's a bigger game for the Nuggets because the Nuggets have gotten beaten up pretty bad by the Lakers the last couple of times they played them in the playoffs. They got, they lost some of the regular season as well. And then also just um, the last time they played at Stable Center uh, a couple of weeks ago, they lost big to the Lakers. So what am I, am I going to take away from the game tonight is more of Denver is, is for real or the loss of Jeremy Grant is really as big as people say. And let's, let's be honest here. Right. And I, I, I'm pretty honest on the show. I don't think Denver is as legit as they once were. I think Jokic is unbelievable. And I think, you know, for the guy who is not great athletic gifts, his intelligence and the way he plays the game, and also the fact that he's just dominating on every level as a center is incredible to me. And I think that's really the next step that he's taken in his game. And he's done an incredible job of really getting to that next level and being that legit center and that, you know, people are going to look at between him and Embiid. And it's going to be a toss up. It's really tough this year to determine who those guys are, but I'm looking at Jokic, just the games he's put up against high quality teams. He has to do that tonight in order for them to get this win. And I think he's going to do it because I think he's capable of it, but I don't think they're going to win because I don't think that right now they are good enough defensively or consistent enough offensively to get the job done. What I mean by that is let's look at their consistency, right? They've had games where Jamal Murray for right now, who is the you know big star of the bubble, is only averaging right now about 19 points a game, which would be great for a lot of other players. But people expected, you know, 23, 24 points a game this year, that next step up, right? Kind of like how Donovan Mitchell's taking that next step up, right? And if you look at all that from that viewpoint, right now you have the, the Lakers who have right now LeBron James playing an MVP level right now, my opinion, the front runner MVP uh, this year. And then you got Anthony Davis, who's been right now the last two games he's played has put o- up over 30 points, looking more comfortable, looking more like the Anthony Davis that I'm used to seeing that I think we're all used to seeing. And I knew they were going to figure it out eventually, but I think the problem with them, right? The Lakers is their slow starts. They can't get off to a slow start tonight, and I don't think they will. But again, if the Lakers lose this game, it doesn't really mean a whole lot for me because they've already beaten Denver, right? Denver needs this one bad, in my opinion, even though it's a regular season game, because I want to see if Denver can actually beat the legit teams, right? They've beaten Utah at home, and I was really happy to see that. And let's just let's see what they can do against the Lakers at home. Can they actually get it done? We'll see. Um, my prediction, I, I think the Lakers are going to win this game. And um, I, I don't even think it's as important, but I think the Lakers are going to find a way to get it done. Now, the NBA is not only about just, you know, certain teams not, you know, performing to their highest heights or certain teams performing better than you're supposed to, right? It's about, I think, the development of players and the development of a coach to becoming better than what they actually are, right? I think the Utah Jazz, and they're one of my favorite teams to talk about on this podcast, have proven to be that team. Now, why have they proven to be that team? It's pretty simple, right? If you look at their team, you look at their squad, it's pretty obvious where they're getting their success from. And it comes strictly from 
the development of their talent, right? Rudy Gobert is playing really well this year. You got Joe Ingles who put up 27 points in a most recent game, right? You also have, again, yeah, against the Bucks, right? You also have, a, you know, a top three defense, which they've always been a good defensive team. Then you also have the ability to have a superstar player take over the game. Donovan Mitchell has gotten a lot of slack, right, from people saying, oh, you know, he's not, you know, ready to take that next step. Well, I think he's taken that next step since the bubble, right? And I understand the bubble, he really emerged, right? He had one of the, I think he had the highest career points per game average in a first round series of all time. And that's because I think of just his willingness to win. And right now he is, right now, you have to put him in the top five MVP candidate. Why do I say that? Because they have the best record in the NBA. He's the best player on that team. And based on how the regular season MVP is constructed, there's no reason why Donovan Mitchell can't be in that MVP conversation. Do I think he's going to win it? No, I don't think so. But Utah has proven against so far elite level competition that they can get it done. They beat the Bucs by almost 20 points the other night. They just beat up the Heat, and the Heat have been playing a lot better recently. You know, they've beaten teams um, across the board, and, you know, like Phoenix and all these other kind of teams too, right? Now, look, they have, you know, bigger tests at the Clippers. They have a doubleheader there. And then you also have the Lakers, right, coming to Salt Lake as well as Philadelphia. What that's going to learn, what I'm going to learn from that is they, if they can, can beat those teams, then they are definitely – right now a legit contender in the West. I still, I actually think they are, but if they beat the Clippers, I especially, because I think the Clippers and them are the only challenges right now to the Lakers. If they can beat the Clippers, then I think right now they are right now, them, the Lakers are the best two in the West. But I don't know, I have to see them against the, the Clippers in order to really get that opinion. Because the Bucks, the Bucks aren't as good as people think they are. Because I think their style is just the same thing it has been for the last three years. Giannis gets the ball to the top of the key. He drives into a wall if he doesn't, and he has shooters around him. That's their whole offense. And I don't, and defensively, they, they have struggled more than I think they really should. You know, against the Pelicans, they couldn't guard anyone on that team. Lonzo Ball, right, had one of his career high and threes against them. And then you also look at, you know, let's take an example like, you know, Utah, right? Utah, Joe Ingles had 27 points. Gobert had 27. Donovan Mitchell didn't even shoot a good percentage, but had 26. So again, if I'm looking at that for that, you know, this great defensive team, I don't see that because they allow a lot of three-point shooting to be, you know, had. And I think that's primarily because if you look at Milwaukee, the, you know, the problem with their team, right, is Drew Holiday's a good defender. But the issue is I don't like the way that they help overhelp too much and can't get out to three-point shooters. And that's their problem. And that's where I look at that for them. And if you if you really want to dive down into it, just watch a game against them against a legitimate team, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, let's talk about actually a team that they have played recently that they lost to, right? The New Orleans Pelicans, right? A team that everyone is really excited about because let's take a look at the New Orleans Pelicans just from a few different sectors, right? The New Orleans Pelicans have two up-and-coming young stars who are phenomenal at what they do, right? They have Zion Williamson, 23, 24-point-a-game score, Brandon Ingram, around that same level, right? What those guys do is they can really make things difficult on your defense, right? Brandon Ingram can score from all three levels. Zion is a beast at the basket, right? He's got great touch. He just shoots at always, always a very efficient percentage. He's not much of a shooter, but again, he's so hard to guard because of his size, his speed, his athleticism, 
right? And the way that he's used in the offense through cutting, pick and roll, getting the ball in certain areas where he can attack. It's, it's hard to guard him because again, he, when he, you know, po- posts you up, he faces up and rips or he faces up, you know, and, and jabs and goes right. Or he does a spin move baseline. He's just so big, so strong and so crafty around the basket at, at, at this year, especially that he is, you know, very effective, but their defense once again is a major issue. I thought Stan Van Gundy would fix this issue and clearly he hasn't. Now this could be coaching for sure. Right. You could say Stan Van Gundy's not employing the right defensive schemes or it could be the personnel not buying into playing defense because they're too young and haven't quite grasped the defensive concepts needed to you know, develop winning basketball. Right. So everyone likes to blame the coaches and the coaches always deserve blame of teams not living up to their expectations. But right now you look at New Orleans and New Orleans's biggest problem is their defense. They can score. They scored 130 points against Dallas the other night but they also allowed 143. And if you're going to beat a team that is ahead of you in the standings or just a legitimate team, you got to be able to play good defense. That's why teams like Philadelphia are as good as they are right now. And that is why teams like the Clippers and Lakers and the Jazz are right right now, you know, the top teams in the NBA. Brooklyn gets away with it because Brooklyn has three great ISO scores, but Brooklyn's defense is horrible too, but they can get away with it because they have a little more offensive talent than the Pelicans do, right? And that's kind of the Pelicans issue, right? I haven't talked to the Pelicans much in the show. And look, I'll give Zion a lot of credit. He got into shape this year. He's been playing a lot better than I think he did last year, right? He's definitely more explosive. He's definitely um, getting more rebounds. And I think he's playing a little better defense, even though I don't think he's playing great defense. I still think their problem is they're young and they don't understand the defensive schemes. And Van Gundy, there has to be something that he has to do to fix that for this team in order to get them to that next level, right? And that's kind of where I, where I go with all this kind of stuff, with the Pelicans especially. On the next segment of my show, I'm going to break down a little bit more about the Brooklyn Nets win against the Warriors last night, what it kind of taught me about Brooklyn, and talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks, the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, all these teams that are jostling for that eighth position, what I think I've learned from them, right? And also just generally why I think the West is better than the East and why I think that is. So I will break all that down when I come back on to the next segment. So let's talk about the Western Conference, right? Before I get into individual teams, I'm going to break down the Western Conference, right? And the reason why I want to break down the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference is simple. When you think of basketball, right, you think of teams with high-level players. You want to go and watch games that are exciting. You want to watch games that have high-level talent, high-level coaching, you know, really great storylines for you to uncover and, and watch and see how those things unfold, right? And if, if you look at all that kind of stuff, it's important to see, you know, how these certain teams are doing. Golden State right now is is in that, you know, is in that role of the eighth seed, um, jostling for position with a few other teams. And the reason why they're doing that is pretty simple. If you look at their team and, um, you know, let's be honest, right? The reason why they're not good and the reason why they're struggling is (laughs) it's pretty simple. And I'm going to be the first one to say it's, it's because they don't play great defense. All right. They don't, right. They allowed 134 points to the, the Nets last night. And I know it's hard to guard the Brooklyn Nets when they're full strength because Katie, Kyrie, and Harden can all put up 
30 points with, with no problem. Right. And they have Joe Harris who can put up 20 easily or 25, you know, uh, Luau Cabarro can put up at least 15 to 20 points if he has to Jeff Green, the 10 to 15 point scorer. I mean, they have a glob off into talent, so I get that. Right. But they also got in a complete horrible battle in terms of the fact that Steph Curry scored 57 points and they couldn't be Dallas Mavericks. Steph Curry has been pointing up huge numbers and they don't seem to be winning these games while they have the A seed. I don't think they're going to keep it because of the fact that they're so reliant on Steph Curry to score and even though I think Ubre and Wiggins are good players, I don't think they've taken that next step with this team in order to really make them reliable options on the offensive end in terms of superstars or stars, right? I think they're very good players that are still tier emerging, emerging stars or just like a good score, right? Wiggins is more of a good score. I think Ubre is more of an emerging kind of like he could get into that very good star level, but he's not there yet because he hasn't played to that level. In Phoenix, he did, but not really quite consistently in Golden State. And I think with Golden State, they've been a team under Steve Kerr that had an identity of playing defense. The last two years, they haven't really done that a whole ton, right? Now, Wiseman's out of the lineup with an injury. I think, you know, his problem is also defense. He hasn't been playing defense up to par. That's why they coach put him on the bench instead of starting him, right? Even though I like Wiseman's promise a lot, his problem is defense, and that's their problem. They can't guard anyone right now, and that's going to hurt them as the games get tougher, and they have to win these games, and it's going to put more pressure on a guy like Steph Curry to try and get the job done day in and day out, and it's just hard to rely on a guy to do that when he's the only guy on the team that you're really afraid of if you're the opposition. And that's no – it's not saying Wiggins and Oubre aren't threats. It's just saying – when a defense goes into the game, their mindset is we got to stay attached to Steph Curry and, you know, run him off these screens, make him drive into our, you know, our, our trees or our bigs, you know, trees is an analogy for bigs and people who don't understand that. And that's going to make things tougher for Golden State because if Oubre and Wiggins aren't consistent, this team is going to not make the playoffs. And, I'm, and I've been adamant about it. I'm not so sure they are a playoff team right now. They have the eighth seed. I'm not so sure. Steph can maybe lead them to the playoffs, but it's tough right? I think if they played Utah, they were probably losing four or five games. They're just not good enough defensively and don't have enough consistent, you know, talent in terms of how they play. They have the talent to at least make some interesting, you know, noise, but they, Wiggins and Oubre aren't consistent enough. That's the problem. Then let's look at Dallas, right? Dallas has been playing better recently, but Dallas is an team that does not know how to play defense, right? And offensively, they were struggling more this year. Now they've picked it up. But now, look, they still need superhuman efforts from Luka Doncic. And, look, he can do that, but that's not going to help them, right? The reason why teams that had a one-man band were successful was because, like the Cavs, for example, in 2018, right, they locked down defensively when they had to, right? But they also had LeBron James. And 2009, when LeBron was a younger player and kind of the best player on that team and leading and carrying this team, they had an elite-level defense. 2007 was the same thing. They had an elite-level defense. Dallas doesn't have that. And look, Dallas could probably get the AC in the West because they're good enough from a talent perspective to do that. I think they're more talented than Golden State. But the issue is, you know, are, is Porzingis going to be consistent all the time with his health and his play? I don't know. He's been playing a lot better recently, and I'm actually really happy to see that because as a Knicks fan, I was a former Porzingis, you know, big fan of him. I still am a fan of him. I want to see him be successful because I think he's too talented to be put to waste. And I think, look, he's playing a lot better recently, shooting the three ball a lot more consistently. And he needs to be a consistent second player for them. 
He needs to be that all-star that people talk about. That guy that has the potential to be an MVP level talent because he has the talent. He needs to just be consistent, right? He needs to post up a little bit more and be a little bit more effective. He needs to shoot that three consistently. He needs to dive to the rim. And, you know, he needs to at least, he needs to give you 20 to 25 a game. I, 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 I'm adamant about this because no one really can guard him because he can shoot over anyone and he's quicker than a lot of the bigs that they're going to be guarding him. And then Don just needs to just, you know, be consistent, right? With the shooting percentages, he's got to be a little bit more consistent there, but he needs to be consistent and he needs to be an MVP candidate, which he's played very well this year. But I wouldn't put him in the MVP talk because of the problem, the reason why the record is just not good, right? And that is, you know, not entirely all his fault, but it is some of it because he doesn't guard very well. And their team just doesn't guard very well. And again, they need him to play really well because Tim Hardaway Jr. is so inconsistent, right? There are games where he puts up 25 points, and there are also games where he puts up six points on three of 15 shooting. So if you want the Dallas Mavericks to be a successful team, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, they got to focus way more on defense, and they got to get more consistent play from Porzingis, from guys like Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. And Luka's just got to, you know, keep the turnovers down, be successful with what he's doing. And again, he might have to get superhuman efforts in order for him to win. Now I want to talk about Sacramento a little bit for a minute, because let's talk about what Sacramento has been good at this year. I think it's been the emergence of De'Aaron Fox as a, as a legitimate all-star this year and done a really good job. I think Rashad Holmes has done a really good job as a big blocking shots, rebounding, being an effective guy on the pick and roll. Then you've got guys like Buddy Heald off the bench. You also got players um, like, uh, Tyrese Halberton, right? He's been one of the best. He, he and uh, LaMelo Ball have been the best two rookies in basketball, right? And he's really good. You bring, you bring him off the bench, he's a big spark plug for them, right? I like the job Luke Walton is doing so far with this team. And whether or not they made the playoffs, if they can get into the play-in, that's a successful season for them, right? And that's really, I think, with them, I think they're going to you know, jostle for that play-in spot because I think they're good enough. I think they've have, they, they built a system and a, and a strategy to at least be competitive in every game. And I think that they can do that. They've beaten teams like the Clippers. They've beaten teams like the Nuggets, right? And I look, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they have a chance. And I think that, you know, Luke Walton has at least had these guys buy into what he wanted to get accomplished and at least proven that he can he can coach at a good level, which I always thought he could because he, you know, held, led Golden State to an undefeated record. But everyone looked at the talent of Golden State and said you can get that done, which, again, that's easier said than done. But I think that you look at Luke Walton, I think he's had some tough situations, but again, a lot of it was also that I think he wasn't, you know, the players weren't buying into him. I think this year they have started to buy in, and I think it's working out pretty well for them, actually. The Grizzlies, okay, let's look at the Grizzlies for a minute. The Grizzlies are just a little too young, and I'm going to be the first one to say it. They're just they're, they're just too young at the moment, right? Jaron Jackson's not healthy. John Morant's carrying a lot of the load. And the other guys like um, Brandon Clark, who I like a lot, and Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas, and Grayson Allen, Again, they're good players, but I don't think this team's a playoff team, right? They had a 20-point lead in the Lakers, and they blew it, right? They got out, they got demolished in the second half, and they just looked like, to be honest, a team that, you know, can fight for that playoff spot, but it's not quite there yet, right? They need their pieces together. They need, I think, a one, a one, one or two more pieces, and that's kind of where I feel with that, and that's kind of how I feel with this team generally. If this team can get – you know, one piece that, that can fit alongside Jaron Jackson, John Morant, this team can be fighting for playoff position, but they don't quite have that third score. And that's their problem at the moment. And if, unless they, they fix that, they're not going to be a playoff team. 
Let's talk about the Eastern Conference now for a minute, right? The Eastern Conference is a little different, a little different because I think the Eastern Conference, again, has proven that it is the weaker conference, right? So a team like, let's take a, let's take a good example. The team like the San Antonio Spurs right now would be the third seed in, in the East. Right now, they're the sixth seed in the West, right? The Nuggets would also be jostling for that third or fourth spot in the East. Right now, they're seventh in the West, right? The third seed in the East right now is the Brooklyn Nets at 16 and 12, then you got the Pacers 14, at 14 and 13 at the fourth seed, Celtics at the fifth seed, Hornets, Knicks, and Raptors. Then the Heat at nine, right? Now, who has been some surprises in the East? I'm going to say my New York Knicks have been a pleasant surprise. And I am very happy as a Knicks fan to tell people that how good the Knicks have been. The Knicks are the second best defensive team in the NBA. Now they struggle to score, but they have an all-star in Julius Randle, a guy that I think should make the all-star game. He's played at that level. And they have Emmanuel Quickly, who I like a lot. I think he's, you know, been, I think he's a top three rookie right now. And I think he's done an incredible job at providing a spark off the bench. I like the addition of Derrick Rose too, because you bring off a good scoring punch off the bench. A guy could still get between 15 and 18 points a night. I like that for them. I like that what, like, you know, that, that, and in fact that he's with Thibodeau, I like that for them going forward. Thibodeau's done a great job. They've all bought into his system. They're great defensively. Mitchell Robinson, for example, has become more mature. He hasn't gotten his foul trouble as, as often, right? Then you bring guys like Todd Gibson, and you bring guys like Nerlens Noel off the bench, and Austin Rivers when he gets time, and Alec Burks, right? Those guys are great off the bench. But then you have the starting lineup. You also got guys like Alfred Payton having more consistent play, and then you also got R.J. Barrett, who was playing really well um, up to these last couple of games. He was getting like 20-plus in a lot of those games right? You want to develop the talent in the Knicks. And right now they're the seventh seed in, in the East. They, if they continue to play this way, they can get it done. But again, they have a 13 and 15 record. That just shows you that the East is so much worse than the West. And I think it's because of the talent and that's, and that's really it. And, and some of the coaching, right? If you look at the West, right? Dallas right now would be the seventh or sixth seed in, in the East, right? Right now. Um, right now they, they may probably be the sixth seed in the East. Right. You look at also let, let's just go in the Western Conference for a second. I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at their standings now. Right. The Warriors would be the fifth, the, four, the fourth seed in the, in the East. Right. Because they have the same record as the Pacers. And that just shows you, again, that the East is weak. And look, the, the, the three best teams, Brooklyn, Milwaukee and Philly. I really think it's a two two rate two headed race in the East, Philadelphia and Brooklyn. That's where I kind of go with it. I think Milwaukee is everyone's going to talk about how great Giannis is, and he's a great player, but they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to run that same system again. And even though Drew Holiday is a great pickup for them, they are going to struggle. Now, I think Brooklyn's a, good, a better matchup for them if they play Brooklyn, but I don't think they're going to beat Brooklyn because their defense isn't good enough either to stop three great ISO scores, right? I do think Brooklyn could draw in major trouble like they did when they played Philadelphia recently because they don't have any bigs that can really stop Embiid. Right or stop any or Simmons regain the basket or stop Tobias Harris and contains Seth Curry on the perimeter. Right, I think Philly is actually a really tough matchup for Brooklyn, but that's kind of where I go with the East versus the West debate. To end up the show, I'm going to talk about the Nets versus the Warriors. Now, why do I want to talk about that game specifically? Because it was a big showing in how Brooklyn can play better defense. Now, Brooklyn allowed 117 points. That's not great defense, but their efficiency was, you know, point, you know, which is like point, you know, points per possession. They have a lot of 120 points or more, and they had the worst defensive efficiency of all times. It's Harden Kane. 
Now, maybe that, that, that that's the, the, the two dime to tell, right? Look, they're eight and six, or sorry, nine and six now since Harden's been there. And that's, that, that's, that's good to see, right? The fact that, that, you know, that they're still winning games, but they're not in, incredibly, you know, successful since he's been there. And it takes time. I think the one thing I, I've been hard on them for is really just their defense. And if those ISO players can work together. Now, those ISO players have seemed to work together because James Harden has turned into that point guard role where he's getting about 20 to 25 a night, but giving out 11 assists and getting 10 rebounds. So he's really taken that sacrifice. Kyrie's just being able to play the shooting guard where he gets to go shoot and you know do what he does. And KD is just being KD, right? KD's not the guy that people should be worried about. It's Kyrie and Harden, but they seem to make it work. So offensively, credit to Steve Nash and credit to these guys that they've been able to get it done. So that, that's one thing there. But defensively, they're not very good. Right. They still have no rim protector. They, you know, they played a great defense last night against Golden State. But again, like I, t- I just did, Golden State really is a one man band. Even though I like Ubre and like Wiggins, they're not consistent. Right. And I know they had 17 and 16. And everyone's going to say, oh, they, they played good last night. But Steph Curry really runs that team. If he doesn't play well, they're not going to win. And he didn't play, he played okay. Right. He didn't play at the level that he's played the last couple of weeks. He had 27 points. And he scored, he was averaging going into that game, the last four games, 40.3 points a game. So, again, he wasn't playing to the level that he was playing the last four games. Now, it's hard to get 40 points every night. I understand that. But it was because, look, they, they stayed attached to him. They switched every screen, and they made and they made him drive, and they made his threes very difficult. And that was a credit to their defense. So, I got to get credit. They played great defense last night. They played great defense against the Pacers. But, again, they're not – I want to see them do it against the high-level teams. Now, the Clippers, people are going to say they play great defense against them. The Clippers got a lot of open shots. They just didn't make them, right? So I'm not sure how great their defense really was. I want to see them against the Lakers. Can they shut down the Lakers? My answer would be no. I think if they beat them, if they beat them in the shootout, because they score more points, right? I think the way they're going to beat teams is by outscoring them, because I don't think they're defensively good enough. But Golden State proved again that Golden State is – the reason why I don't think they're going to make the playoffs is simple. Like they showed last night. They can't guard anyone. So the problem is they're not going to win games because they can't guard anyone, uh, you know, at all. And Brooklyn can't guard anyone, but Brooklyn has three elite scores, right? And Joe Harris, who's probably arguably right now a top three shooter in the game of basketball right now. You know, I, he, this season, at least he, he doesn't miss on catch and shoot. So they have four guys who can really score. And then Jeff Green, Luau Cabarro, um, guys like that can at least, you know, help out with the scoring. And Bruce Brown played a great game last night. I got to give credit to Bruce Brown because he's the one guy on that team that does play defense, right? And he tries his best, and he plays really hard. And he's a good player. So Brooklyn did show some really good things last night. Let's see them do it against a team like the Lakers in the next in the next couple games when they play them, and we'll see what exactly what, what transpires. Now, I appreciate you guys tuning in. This will be on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as YouTube. And thank you so much for joining the show. Have a good night to you guys. And I will see you guys next week when I have some more guests on the podcast. Thank you.